because I don't listen to you. Hello and welcome to episode number 198 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I've been looking for Boostbot and jiggling my node. And from America's left coast, where the weather and the calendar just can't agree, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, now what is it doing? It's sunny, bitch. No, that doesn't make sense. It's it's cold and raining here. We have... We have not had any appreciable rainfall. We've had maybe three days of rain since mid-July. And it's just we- like my web toes are drying out. I'm, I'm getting, you know, all of my scales are starting to crack and, and fall off because I haven't had enough moisture. That is not normal for the great white it, north. It has started to turn cold. Finally, I woke up. It was 58 in my room. It felt great. Well, it's right at that point here. Thought maybe it might be time of year to close the windows. Well, there's only a very small amount of time here where we open the windows. And then, of course, that's allergy season. So that is uh, extra fun. But we really we go from needing air conditioning to needing heat. And then we've been in that little window that we get in Chicago where you kind of need both on the same day. Oh, that's called fall. Yeah, it's not any fun. (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you, it's like, cause it's a, your air conditioners like you are both very at the same time. Uh huh. Well, the, well, the air conditioning manufacturers are very clear when it's like, you know, if it's under like 60 degrees outside, you should not be running a central air, but it's, like, <laughs> but it's hot inside and it's humid outside, even though it's yeah. below and that. What, yeah, what, what if I recently purchased an entire cow and don't have the freezer space and I just want my basement to hold it. Right. Well, that's what you need. Well, I saw the latest trend is huge basements which i thought was interesting like uh it's the new instead of a man cave this is in areas especially california and i'm I'm guessing your area may be similar where there's a lot of restrictions on what you can do they're just like well let's just keep going deeper i guess that's been (laughs) the trend lately in california is like well we can build like you know we can only have the house so large above ground but we could go like three stories below yeah, and, that's not something you want to do in an area that is either seismically active well, yeah. or uh, or prone to flooding. Well, that was the uh, it, like, well, we've only got one basement today because the bottom two are flooded. It may be because I thought maybe it was in the Seattle area that somebody had did a huge basement thing in their home and they said they were using the same technology that the big underground channel thing or whatever it is in Boston used to keep out the water. So they're going to great well, lengths to, uh, I, you know, that is theoretically possible because the, the geography around here is all glacier carved and everywhere that a glacier went, you've got a river Valley and a really deep, silty, mucky all the way down to, you know, 80, 100, 200 feet. And everywhere in between the glaciers, 
you have a rocky outcropping in a small hill. And if you're on top of one of those small hills, then you don't have to worry too much about flooding. Right. And you only go down 25 feet or so and you're hitting bedrock. And if you can dig into that, which is very difficult and expensive, but once you do, it's a basement. What a man cave you could have. Yeah, I could, except except that our basement here is, uh, well, it's a daylight basement because we're on the side of a hill and uh, it's been taken over by my wife. It's her man cave down there. Well, you could have a basement under a basement under a basement. Good, but I'm not going to lift up my whole house to dig out underneath <laughs> it. Well, that is the problem, which I guess that is now why some of these areas are just as upset about the amount of dirt that is like being removed from the area and you know it's it's hard to it's hard to hide when you go digging under your home that when to for that large of an area all you have to do is spend 18 years carrying it out into the the yard one pocket full at a time well yeah and all of a sudden there's a big hill yeah maybe that was no that was a the Shawshank Redemption. Never mind. Well, boys, let me tell you about Bemrose Hill. That started as a flat patch of land, but he kept coming out with just a well, pocket again, full of dirt. There, there's so much hillsides and, and activity and landslides around here that I don't think anyone would notice a new hill. Well, that would be good. That's where the nukes are buried. We could do a tech story. Really? Oh, I've got a few. Where are we starting? Oh. What, uh, where well, should we start on this journey? Uh, I was going to start at language learning app company, Babel, B-A-B-B-E-L, who has recently introduced a new policy. Uh, they sent out a 150 page diversity guide <laughs> to staff who devise online lessons, instructing them to quote, opt for gender neutral language whenever possible as part of a commitment to quote, make our content more inclusive. Fuck that. And as a result, um, the app is no longer teaching languages. They're teaching what they want the language to be, which is uh, really just a form of gaslighting and also known as these apps are no longer fit for purpose. And if you're trying to learn language from a Babel language app, you're not going to. What you're going to learn is is a, a language, I suppose. It's something that they want you to be speaking but if you go to the country where actual people speak the actual language and try to use it, you might sound like an idiot. Well, yeah, because the languages, they have a masculine and a feminine 10, you know, a yeah. especially German and French, which are apparently two of the biggest languages for this app. <laughs> so, I mean, how are they even doing this? If it doesn't exist, how are they making this up or does it not really mention what I uh, I imagine a, a creative combination of psychological manipulation and and making shit up whole cloth. Well, that is pretty much 2022 and the far left liberal mentality. This is what has to be done. So they've got uh, the guide says that gendered terms and, and they the article I read was only the English version because I don't think it'd work for me to read the German version of what they're changing. But. Gender terms such as guys should be changed to y'all and folks. <laughs> no. That, that, yeah. So we got I, Southern. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but apparently you are supposed to stop being so gendered and instead become what redneck. I, yeah, I guess y'all don't know. And you know, I, do they, do they not? I don't think that they quite grasp that what you're doing is you're giving up one connotation and adding a much bigger one. Yeah. I thought they didn't like what happened in the, in the South. 
Because, I mean, then you have y'all, but y'all could be one yeah. person. So I could be like, So hey, if I use this app, do I need a Confederate flag now? Probably. <laughs> but you could say to one person, you're like, y'all come over here. And then if there's more than one person you want to come over, you say, hey, all y'all come over here. Because that is. Yes, I've all, heard that. All y'all is that, the plural that, of y'all. What's the plural of all y'all then? All y'alls. I think you could just add an S. All then. y'all. Okay. Yeah. I like all y'alls. It's like, this is a whole <laughs> new language. This is a course we're teaching it. And it's a. Uh, it's all value for value, though, so you don't and, have and to if, buy an app. If you happen to live in the South and be one of our experts who donates to this show, then uh, make sure to tell us how we're wrong in your angry, angry donation cancellation note, because we're probably going to get some of those for having made fun of the South. Well, I don't understand. the. I mean, I get why they're doing the change in language. I just don't understand why rational people are going along with it. Well, I honestly think that that rational people will look through the Google play or IO uh, Android or iOS store and say, I need to learn German. Find me an app that has a lot of reviews that lets me learn German. They're going to see that this app, which has been around for a long time, right. says that it will teach you German. You don't know German. So you don't know that what you're being taught isn't German. And then you're you know, you go to Germany. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of like kind of like when you teach little kids that the most important thing in the world is their gender. Well, I thought you were teaching them they, how to swear they, in 14 different languages and they wouldn't know until. Well, uh, no, that's if you listen to Grumpy Old Ben. Oh, that's true. And I mean, I guess this makes sense. I have no name says if you want to refer to everybody in the world, it's all y'alls. So <laughs> just all y'alls. That makes Works sense for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not any crazier than anything else going on. That is, is is it? I, I think that it's crazier than some things. But there are. I mean, English has always been a language that has been meant to be bastardized. But there are other languages that's a little bit harder to uh, pull this kind of insanity into. And I would kind of like to know how they're trying to do it. Like, how do you get woke Latin? That would be <laughs> that would be a good question. Because well, I, I don't my, remember my understanding the, is is that they're just you know there are a lot of common phrases and colloquialisms in uh in german french gendered languages that have a gender connotation attached to them just because that's what people say and why do people say it because that's what people have always said and now this app is saying no it's offensive to non-gendered people whatever that means to use language that has gender in the words and so we're just going to be teaching it and you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities where, for example, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen versus uh, they recommend guests instead. Right. Where, right. You, you know, you could have a colloquialism, which is gendered words. And there is an alternative which may sound more formal or more, you know, it might sound a little bit more stiff or or stilted. But you're already if you're if you're just learning the language, you're already going to sound stiff and stilted when you're trying to speak it. So. If you happen to be using a, a more formal version that doesn't have a gender attached, it, it it's actually a pretty good scam because you're not going to know because you don't know the language. People you're speaking to aren't going to know in most cases because they're like, oh, this is just some dumb American who doesn't know the language and and is trying, you know, speaking at a four year old level. Right. And it, neither one of you really know without having seen this story on grumpy old Benz that the company is steering you wrong and teaching you the wrong version of German or French. 
yeah, the intent was there too. We have to change the language because those those foolish French, they their language is totally inappropriate for today's world. Yeah, how dare they have masculine and feminine concepts? Well, this is exactly where a well, I mean, there were a few different times where you knew Disney World and Disneyland and all the Disney properties were going down the wrong path. But when they decided to change their greeting, which they had for 50, 60, 70 years, however long Disney World had been open or Disneyland with the, you know, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Well, no, no, that's hateful. That That's exclusionary. It's like, wait, wait, who are we excluding here? You know, I, I don't understand. It's like, I, I think you should have just added ladies and gentlemen, freaks and children of yeah. all ages. That's that's exclusionary. Mm-hmm. I identify as a children with no age. Right. So not all, no children has all age. <laughs> I don't know. It's all very confusing. And this is being taught earlier and earlier, which, of course, just screws up all the children, which means they're going to, you know, like you said, when this babble stuff, when somebody picks this up and tries to learn the language, they don't know they're being taught in a bastardized way. They don't know they're buying into this and neither do your children when they're in school and they're being taught stuff with these same intentions. It's, it's la la land out there. Reality is gone. It is uh, just a bizarre thing. So I'll just warn you. uh, One of the other things that I, I took notes on because it was such a deep rabbit hole for me, but I'm almost hesitant to bring it because it's such a third rail. Um, I went in and uh, are, are you familiar with an organization called WPATH, WPATH? I am not. Uh, the, Do y'all know? Uh, World Professional Something Transgendered Health. Anyway, I am not familiar, but it, I mean, it sounds uh, World, like a group that's trying World to do something. World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Um, they have a standards of care docu- doc- document, which is instructions for medical professionals how to deal with transgendered people. And um, I have a friend who uh, several years ago went male to female and she's transitioned. All right. Although, you know, seeing how much she ends up spending on doctors who I think at least some of which are crooked is makes me cringe. But um, I said something on a grumpy old Ben's a few weeks ago that, she took offense with and pointed me to this organization and their standards of care document to explain that all of the terrible things that we're saying about transgender activists aren't true. And I did something that no normal, rational human being would do. I read the document. Right. That you, that never leads to anything good. No. And, oh. and here's the other thing I can tell you by making up a statistic right on the spot that about 80% of the time when somebody sends you to a document to prove their point, they're actually proving your point. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if I should bring my notes on the document because like I said, it's a little bit third rail, but there's a lot of juicy stuff in there. Maybe for later in the show. Well, juicy is always good, but let's do some more tech or politics or something, you know, something we can get really angry about because I don't want to bring all of these notes without being good and pissed off first. FBI warns of disinformation threats ahead of 2022 midterms. <laughs> you don't say, right? That was is, a, wait. Is this what? It, what? What? Who exactly is deciding on the disinformation? Is that the FBI style disinformation? Like, like we think you should vote Republican? No disinformation. I think so. 
And that's how I took it. This was a bleeping computer story. I'm just like, well, of course there's disinformation. I mean, you turn on a computer, you're going to yeah. get disinformation. It, it's the internet. Of course there is. You're, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're going to Fox News. I don't care if you're going to MSNBC. I don't care if you're going to Breitbart. I don't care really if you, what site you're going to. There's probably going to be some kind of misinformation or disinformation available yeah. on whatever site you're on. Something that the leftist doctrine seems to have abandoned in its its endless quest for authoritarianism is that people being human beings who are imperfect and at times real assholes yes. are there are always going to be people lying to you. There are always going to be people trying to mislead you. There's always going to be people trying to mess with your head. It is not possible. It, it Ignore whose responsibility it is. It is not possible for a central authority being the government or the FBI or Facebook or Twitter or anyone to completely shield you from people messing with your head, yes. especially when the, the main people messing with your head are the authorities you're looking toward. And then but, what you come down to is what you get then on social media, especially is people who may be rational otherwise who bought into something that they thought was true and they're repeating it. So it's a non ending yeah. thing. And, and I, I believe that's true for the vast majority of quote unquote lies being told on the internet is not every, but every single person who tells a falsehood and I, I'm not getting into whether it's false or not, but every single person who tells a, an accused falsehood, the vast majority of them probably believe what they're saying because they were lied to. Right. Well, yeah, the Trump hate is real. You do not have that kind of hatred unless you believe the story you've been sold. But this is uh, the federal law enforcement agency warned that foreign actors are actively spreading election infrastructure. I mean, like foreign actors like uh, are we talking like French film stars? I guess that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, But this goes back to the concept of, you know, the Russian collusion and all this other kind of stuff. And of course, of course they are. Why wouldn't they? Because we have an internet that is global. I think we understand that by now. I think we've said that enough that there are going to be people in governments around the world who are like, hey, fuck the United States. Those people suck. Let's screw with them. We've got people right here in the United States who say that. I know. And they're doing enough of it here alone. But you have people everywhere. You know, it's like this is the concept when you have an open dialogue and trying to rein this kind of stuff in to be like, we can police things. We could know things are true or not true. We could have a misinformation board. You know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And of course there are going to be people in the United States for one, but yes, I would expect there are people in Russia. I would expect there are people in Iran. I would expect there are people in North, all these North Korea that are all like, well, we could post things that would, that would throw a little bit of a fly into the ointment right before it's, the elections. It's almost as though there's no correlation between physical location and whether or not a person is willing to be a total douche. Yes, it's very true. And if you track their IP addresses, you still don't know anything. Yeah. If you track their IP addresses, they're all coming from a, a lake in the middle of the yeah. Gulf of Mexico or something. <laughs> it's a surprise. They're all in the one place, but uh, yeah. Nonetheless, it's very amazing that 
the FBI added that these foreign actors might also target the public with attempts to incite violence before and after the midterms. No kidding. No kidding. But I thought those oh. were all just I thought those were all just MAGA people wanting I to mean, uh, the, incite the violence. The FBI is is <laughs> inciting, very good violence. At inciting violence themselves. <laughs> yes. Yes, they seem to have a whole uh, little uh, subgroup that that is all they do. So I don't really understand this, which basically comes down to, yeah, um, before the election, expect anything to happen. I do. And what I, you know, among other things, what I expect, you know, I I expect uh, some kind of October surprise. I expect there to be some really big bombshell, as if there haven't been a cavalcade of them recently. That uh, if if it harms the Democrats in any way, then we'll never hear about it anywhere because the media is an, an propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. You know, see also Hunter Biden laptop two years ago. Yes. Uh, and uh, I expect a great deal of malfeasance on election night, which will cause a very strange characteristic, which will be, uh, you know, depending on your district, the vote will be a landslide. but whether depending on who controls the district and more importantly, who controls the vote counting will determine which direction the landslide goes. And the only thing I know for sure is that Wilco wake up on the 9th of November and they will announce the voting results and it will have absolutely nothing to do with what the people, the citizens of this country actually wanted. Bleeping computer says, and I quote the FBI and CISA urged voters to carefully evaluate their sources of information in the lead up to and after the 2022 midterm election and to only trust information from trusted sources, including reputable news outlets and election officials, end quote. So election officials? No, no, not really the people I go to first. Well, I want to know when you say anyone with the word official in their name. I, I can't trust anymore. What about reputable? What what is what do you consider anybody that wants to chime in podcasters in the troll room? What do you have on a list of reputable news outlets in today's little uh let's Podcast. ask that yes. That's and that's sad. Actually, there's some truth to that. I, I said it mostly tongue in cheek, but there's some truth to that. Podcasting is one of the only medium media out there that is uncensorable. And is not controlled in any way, at least not, you know, generally by large corporation or anyone beholden to the people who make a ton of political money for, you know, there almost everything out there that you get, that you experience comes from a corporation, which you can ultimately get trace the chain of control up to the very top where somebody can be manipulated by someone with a political axe to grind. And that's really hard to do. The The only the only cure against that kind of manipulation is radical decentralization. And podcasting is kind of it right now. But with that said, anybody can have a podcast, which means there are people who are intentionally doing nothing but lying for their whole podcast. Hell yes, so you don't that's have- something that comes with into that was something that comes with rap radical decentralization. Yeah. And was kind of my point earlier. The filter cannot be installed in the platform. The filter cannot be installed in your government or or your your mom and dad or whoever you look to as parents. The filter has to be installed in every individual's brain. It's the only place that it can work. Yes. And it is there 
that you have to realize that, you know, first of all, apply Sturgeon's law. 90% of everything is crap. Now apply some of the variants like 10% of everybody is actively trying to mislead you. 50% of everybody is passively trying to mislead you because they genuinely believe wrong crap. And also I am probably misleading you on what those statistics are because 97% of statistics were made up on the spot. That's including what Tom this one. says. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. That's why I played that track the other day. The statisticians blues. It's a great song. Great song. It explains everything quite eloquently, which is the filter does have to be in your brain. You have to listen to a news organization, whatever that may be, whether it's an official big time, big money, CNN, Fox News, or a little podcast like this one. You listen to the information and then you have to use your brain to look around the real world and go, well, these guys said this. Uh, Does that seem to be true? And that's the only way to build up trust. Now, not everybody's going to be right 100% of the time, too. And the most nefarious. Well, right. Those nefarious liars are the ones that know if they're truthful with you 99% of the time and only sneak in a really good lie that 1%, their track record kind of bulks up that you can say anything you want that 1%. Somebody be like, well, their track record's really good. They're always right. I would really appreciate you not giving out my secrets. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. That's the Bemrose playbook. (laughs) Here's how we get them. You, you tell the truth 99% of the time, but that other 1%, man, we can go and have some fun. Actually, it turns out you can go as low as 83.4%. That's all. You, that's the bar that people are like, well, they seem pretty accurate. Yeah. They, they seem like they know what they're talking about. They seem to at least fake that they've done some kind of homework and know the topics of which they speak. Unlike some of the podcasters who are just like, do you guys even read the, do you know anything? What you're, no, no, that's what no. YouTube's for. Now, no. did you see that uh, Pornhub? Pornhub has solved. Did you see Pornhub? I love that lead <laughs> into a story. You're like, yes, I have. I'm like, well, no, that's. I, Why, let, yes. Let me finish. Several times today. In fact, oh, go on. Pornhub has solved piracy. Oh, that's a trick. They made a change that lowered the DMCA complaints that they were getting by 98%. Instantaneously, one change. Did did it involve shutting down an email address? No, no. What it involved was actually validating and verifying who they were allowing to upload. Okay. So, So, I mean, what's their submission form then? Tits or GTFO? I I think the, uh, I think what they were allowing was anybody to create an account and upload without having any verification of their identity, which is the world we like as radical pirate type dudes who are like privacy above all else. But they realized what happens when you get rid of. Did you just say piracy above all else? Because that's a different philosophy that has a lot of intersection. Privacy above all else. Uh, I'm still, I keep biting the side of my cheeks. I'm going to have to call the dentist, which I really I mean, it should only be a quick go in and shave down the crown or whatever, but or or just wait because you do that long enough and you'll chew all the way through and then you won't have to worry. Then it'll be gone. There'll just be a hole in the side of my mouth. That'll be perfect. And that's a pretty normal thing. If you see people on the street today, (laughs) right? As long as you don't try to tell me what my gender is, we're good. Yeah. 
put put a gauge in there and you're done. It'll fit right in. But it turns out that if you take away the privacy above all else concept and make people verify their identity before uploading, people stop uploading pirated stuff. Because they, say. They, they know they're going to be caught then or they, they know that they're going to be able to be found if they are or they caught. Just, or they just know that you've increased the marginal difficulty and, and friction and necessary buy. to do it. And they don't. And that's no fun then. And, and suddenly, you know, the, I think what you're running into here, though, is not just the piracy angle, but rather what they've done is they've raised the amount of friction necessary to use their platform as as a dump for pirated stuff to be marginally higher than some other platform. So now it is easier to post on Rumble than it is to post on Pornhub. And if Rumble still allows all the same things, I'm pulling that out of my, no, you know what? No, we're talking porn. I should not use metaphors like that, but <laughs> it, whatever other platform you, you there. Okay. First of all, the one thing I know for sure about people, they're not going to stop posting pirated stuff. But what you can do is make them stop posting pirated stuff to your platform by making it just a little bit more difficult than some other platform yes. until that other platform raises the difficulty. And now you're in an arms race to see who can inconvenience the user more. I don't know if I like this trend anymore. It is intriguing because the piracy trend, believe it or not, with inflation going uh, mad over the last uh, year or so, piracy also going mad. It turns out. When I people, when people don't have money to spend, they pirate more. So thank you, Joey. Thank you, Democrats. Thank you for fucking things up so drastically that even piracy is going back up, which it had been down because we've talked about this a billion times. It seems that if there is a solution where people can pay a reasonable amount of money to get access to the content, they would rather do so than go through the pain in the ass of trying to figure out one where to find it Two, not get a virus when they're finding it three, not get a DMCA letter Four, not have their internet shut off five, not have somebody like the RIA come knocking on their door saying you owe us tens of thousands of dollars. Cause you're a big, bad pirate. If there is a way to get the stuff legally at a reasonable price, people will pay it until they don't have the money. And then piracy goes right back up. You know that I am all for blaming shit on this incredibly corrupt Biden administration. And you know that I'm all for pointing out where, you know, the screwed up economic policies are are damaging. I don't know that I can get on board with fully blaming them for this. I because the, the thing that was damaging piracy, the thing that was making piracy go down was that it was so incredibly easy. Re, re, recall. And this is at least this is a point I've made on this show a lot. I don't know if you remember ever listening to me. Recall that the when people pirate things, it's not it's not usually that they want a specific item. It's that they want something. And it's kind of the same model that made Netflix huge is Netflix for a very long time has not had the big one tentpole movie that everybody's talking about under the around the water cooler. But if they have enough movies when you're like, I'm going to sit down and I want to watch something. Netflix has something. Yeah, they've got probably lots of something. So yeah, probably not something that you've heard of or or any specific you would ever name as something you want. But they have something. And I think that 
you know, I, I have done too many stories in the last six or 12 months as the economy has gone into the crapper. So maybe this is in fact, Biden administration's fault, but streaming services service has become really, really crappy. I would um, agree with that due like, to a variety of reasons. Yeah. Netflix offerings are terrible while they're raising rates. Uh, Hulu raised rates recently. The, uh, and I've, I am still in a massive fight with Amazon over the fact that um, e- even though my account is linked to my wife's, I am not allowed to see any of the content that she's purchased for her digital library, which means that I have to log in as her in order to watch shows that we've purchased. Well, that doesn't it's, seem right. No, it's it's um, every single customer service person at Amazon is like, oh, well, this should really work. And I, right. I don't understand it. Like, OK. You don't understand it, but it still doesn't freaking work. So what are we going to do? Right. Because there's like a family account. And I think your wife can add you as this is with my Amazon account. Trust me, we've been through all of this. So even and on for, like her account, it's like you can't just have a login. It, I understand for, for, why it would have to be on her account because that's where it's at. But you should be able to have a secondary login for somebody to log into the, to the yeah, video you'd think portion. So, wouldn't you? Because I know that's how it works, like on the Roku. I don't know how it but works. When, when I log into Amazon as Ryan Bemrose, which is they acknowledge that I have Prime because I get access to all of the you must have Prime shows to watch. Right. I, everything that is free with Prime, I can watch. But purchased in her but, library, no go. But purchases in her library are cut off from me. And every person we've ever talked to at Amazon customer service is like, well, it says here in the account that these two accounts are linked. So it we don't understand. Work. It should uh, work. Yeah. And, and I guarantee that we're not going to have the solution here on this podcast. If people at Amazon with access to their database have never figured it out. So you have to it's identify just a fight that I've been having as uh, Lisa Bemrose in order to, in order to get the content. Yeah. So the, the latest solution we came up with was, uh, Piracy? well, that, that would be a great one. And you know, we'll talk offline about that, <laughs> but, uh, no, she has an old Android tablet that she connected and went out and bought a Chromecast for 25 bucks. Oh, so and now you're like the little kid in the back seat with the. Yeah. So now I'm the little kid in the back seat <laughs> Chromecasting to the TV, the big screen TV using the tablet. That's fantastic. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin my neck staring at a tablet for two hours, no. but I will send it off to the big screen TV and then I'll just put the tablet underneath the pillow and pretend it's not there. But there is a, uh, there is a line. Somewhere in there, uh, like I don't have a Netflix subscription. My wife does not either, although she is has been added on one of her friends Netflix pat you know th- accounts for years. So my wife can watch oh, Netflix. So technically, you're the enemy, right? So we could technically Netflix watch. doesn't like that. I know. Well, they but here's the thing that I'm like you know I could watch. They did three years ago, by the way. I know. Well, that was because they were making money then, I guess. And they kept increasing their subscribers. And once that stopped, all of a sudden, that's when things became questionable. But there was, for the first time in, um, I don't know, maybe five years, there was something on Netflix that was a Netflix only thing that I wanted to see, which was a Nolan Ryan documentary, which was actually really good. I, I just magically showed up on my hard drive. I don't remember how it got there, honestly. Um, but it's like, yeah, this is not something that I would pay for a subscription for one thing. But, 
you know, there were ways to get around that. And when it's easy enough to do that for most things, and this is what anybody that has uh, researched piracy, shall we say, finds out that you can pretty much find your way to any content you want within just a couple of clicks. It's not like it's hard to find. Which for a while during the decline of piracy was so could you do that on streaming services? And I think that the reason piracy is coming back is that streaming services are making that experience a whole lot harder. Right. Because once Netflix was the streaming service and they had like 90%, I know a little high, but they had most of what people wanted. And and Netflix library has been dropping stuff. Everybody is taking their libraries and going to the one service that pays them a bunch of money to be exclusive. and, And it's partitioning up the movie space amongst 12 or 15 different streaming services now. And it's just completely tanking the convenience and all of them are becoming a whole lot harder to use. You know, I think you said it was, it was economics. You, you said, Oh, people don't, you you said people don't want to pay this much money. And, and that absolutely fits into the, the value equation of, is it worth pirating or not? But I think convenience is much bigger for most people. And for a long time, you could just say, oh, I want to go stream such and such. And you just know you sign into your stream thing and you can stream it because it's there. Right. And it doesn't matter if that's Netflix or if that's Amazon or if that's Hulu or what. You just sign into your stream thing and, you know, there aren't exclusives. So all of them have it, whatever. But nowadays you don't say, oh, I want to go stream this. You say, I need to stream this on Hulu. I need to stream this on HBO. I need to stream this on Amazon because there are so many exclusives that you have to know which service. And more importantly, you have to be subscribed to every service, which can easily. I saw somebody had, uh, they said, well, you know, for to watch all the TV, I used to be able to watch with one cable subscription. I canceled cable and now I have all the streaming services and it cost and it showed a bill. that was like aggregate all of the services, something like $190 a month. Which is a cable bill. Right. (laughs) And that's what we, that the reason we all went to streaming and Netflix was heralded and Hulu, you know what? There was a time where it was pretty much Netflix and Hulu. And it was like, you could get 95% of what you want between those two things. And to have both subscriptions was like 30 bucks and it seemed like a bargain, but yeah, now you have Paramount plus now you have all of the other, it's hard to even remember Disney plus, of course. uh, I, I don't remember most of them because I don't pay attention to most of them. Because there's too many now. That's it. There's too many people don't want to deal with them. There's a website that I like. It's called Just Watch. I don't remember what the domain extension is, but it's one of these aggregates that let you go in and type in a television show or movie title, and it will tell you to decent accuracy who has it for digital purchase and who has it for digital streaming and whether that is free or not. And it's interesting to see just how little is out in the streaming services at this point because you would think you know as you said a lot of people just want to sit down and watch something so you would think that all the old television shows would exist and the star trek ones have because they're a bit of an outlier and they've got a very strong fan base so the people that are star trek fans most likely are going to want the service 
that lets you stream the Star Trek shows. But I looked for yeah. like a bunch of shows back from like the 80s and 90s. It's like, you know, they cannot cost. It's not like Friends where they have to pay I, millions to have it. And you're like, why aren't they out there anywhere? Because exclusives, because everybody thinks exclusives will bring people to their platform. They're right to a certain extent. Uh, it, it, exclusives are hostile to users and great for the streaming service. Whoever who says now people who want to watch star Trek have to come to our right platform come to Paramount. and also great for the people who make the show because they're saying, well, you know, if we sell to everybody, we get $10 per streaming service. But if we sell only to this one, they'll pay us 200, whatever it is. Well, yeah, because they could say, hey, if you want to watch Star Trek, you have to come here. I have to say, though, I do really appreciate the producers of Star Trek who at the same time that they decided to take it off all the streaming services and make it exclusive to the one shitty service that I don't want to subscribe to. They also made Star Trek not even remotely worth watching, which solved my (laughs) dilemma nicely. Yeah. The new ones, like the new Star Wars, two things that growing up and into my early adulthood was like, oh, this is awesome. You're still in your early adulthood. I would hope. But you never know. The uh, entertainment has gone down because everything has gone woke. I don't think that's a surprise. I think uh, the entertainment industry is just another arm of the democratic machine in the United States. I think Tulsi Gabbard was 100% right when she said that has been turned over to nothing but a woke bunch of warmongers that want to push a racial aspect of every issue. And that's now what you have to get in all of your television. It it is exhausting when I'm I'm only even a little bit, I'm only even a little bit disappointed in her that she didn't realize it or say something two years ago when she was running for president to try to be part of that Democrat party because they haven't changed that much. No, not they since just two years started ago. flooding their power now. I mean, we all said at that point, well, not we all, but I heard myself say it and I heard a bunch of other people say it that, hey, if you know, if I had to vote for a Democrat, you know, I'd probably vote for Tulsi, which is a pretty good sign that she's not like every other Democrat. Yeah. And, and I think two years ago, I, I probably even said something like that. If I had to vote for a Democrat, I might pick Tulsi. And then today I'm like, you know, if I have to vote for a Democrat, if, if you held a gun to my head and said, you have to pick a Democrat that you like, I'd be like, no, I'll take the bullet. Thanks. It's not going to happen. Now that Tulsi took her hat out of the ring. Yeah. And I, would, I don't know. I'd say uh, Tulsi hotter than AOC. I know a lot of people. I think Jean thinks AOC is hot. I don't really see it. Tulsi, well, I think she has really large boobs and the face that's so annoying. It just wilts everything. So if you don't have to look up or hear her voice, okay, AOC is great. I'm just saying. But <laughs> the entertainment, nobody I, wants to be. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to be. I'm not so hard to. up for boobs that I have to look for socialist ones. I hear there, you can find them on the internet. There. Yeah, there are a yeah. lot of capitalist boobs. Yes, there are. There are a lot of boobs on OnlyFans that are just like, hey, something just give me extremely a sexy about seeing so, seeing a hot woman wearing a MAGA hat and holding an AR-15. You're like, rock on. Well, I covered <laughs> this story also in uh, today's Random Thoughts, which hasn't been released yet, so nobody would know I covered it except for me, that in the last year, more people have been killed in the United States with blades than they have been with rifles. So the whole AR-15s I- are bad. Only like 400 and something people were killed by rifles and like over well over a thousand killed by knives. 
Rifles are actually not very easy to kill somebody with in a place like a city. No, and, you and, want and the handguns. You know, rifles are good. Rifles were fantastic when sight lines were were hundreds of yards, and y- you know y- you always engage somebody across an open field. You know the the battles of two hundred years ago, but it, the, most of the killing that needs to be done, or at least that gets done, is in inner cities where uh, a CQB is the the statistic I want is, is, you know, blades, obviously fantastic for close quarters. If you're within 10 feet and you have a choice of a weapon blade every single time, because in the time that it takes you to bring the gun up, undo the safety and type in an aim, you're already bleeding from four arteries from the right. dude with a knife. Yeah, madman. You're, with you're bleeding knife. from arteries you didn't have. They're installing extra arteries. They're doing <laughs> mobile field surgery on you while you're trying to figure out your gun. Yeah, Madman with the knife can do a lot of damage. We just saw that in the and at, Las at Vegas. Mid-range, yeah. you know, again, I would not take a rifle into a city block. If anything, if I'm going to take a firearm, it's going to be a shotgun. Oh, well, yeah, spray and pray. A shotgun. Yeah, you want to well, have that spray. Well, you don't have to pray. You don't have to pray. You just spray and you're like, <laughs> I know. It's going to do it. Yeah. But that's, again, these are the things that people believe. I mean, I guarantee you that most people who are voting for the people with the D next to their names would swear that AR 15s are mowing down more people than you can even imagine. Not really true. I mean, I'm not saying that anybody should be murdered, but not really true. Get your statistics, right? If you're going to have a debate, you have to have the statistics, right? No, that you just have to get the emotion. That's all you need. You're, you're expecting an extremely high. Right. That's yeah, what Larry that, that, always says. The high standard. It's like, they just can't. You can't assume people are going to be logical. You can't assume people will understand <laughs> facts. And that's why we're fucked because well, people I, are. You may dumb. not have realized this, but Larry is right a lot more often than he's wrong. I know. That's why I like to talk to Larry. And he has that soothing voice. Yes. Yes, he does. When he tells off commies. <laughs> that's, that's what's soothing about it. You never I, fuck with I a Blydener. Didn't you hear Joe I, Biden say that? I hadn't heard that. No. Oh, okay. I have listened to the last couple of Planet Rages, and uh, I am really liking this new angrier direction that Larry's been going. I think he might need to stay in California a lot longer because it is making your show like he has been elevating himself to the level of Bemrant several times in the last few shows. And there are not a lot of podcasters who can do that No, And he has said off air a couple of times again, and we talked about it, I think, once or twice on the show. That moving the show from uh, 10 a.m. his time to 11 a.m. gets him that much more woken up where he's uh, he must get really angry in that first hour or so of being awake. And I guarantee that's I mean, it's the angriest time for me because I'm God damn it. I'm not sleeping anymore. I need it's, more it's a coffee. it's a rude awakening. Yeah, it's a literally <laughs> it is a it's a very rude awakening. There is a new dark web carding market called biden cash which i thought was what which i thought was for that it's okay tell me about this was worthy of pulling the story another one out of uh, bleeping computer it's a dark web carding market named biden cash has released a massive dump really big dump of over a million credit cards to promote their marketplace allowing anybody to download them for free to conduct financial fraud so, I mean, I guess if you're looking to commit finance and they're saying a lot of now, these it'd be came, my guess, I'd, I'd grab a credit card at random off the list and 
start spending on it and be like, oh, crap, this was mine. Right. Surprise. It's like it sounds like a lot of these may have been old dumps. And there was although they were saying that there were still active cards, there were there's some bank in uh, Italy was looking at this uh, information. But it's it's fun. I, guess. I mean, I don't think a lot of people who don't go out into and venture into the dark web even know half this stuff is going on where there's just a marketplace. You could just go to a website and somebody can buy stolen credit cards for just pennies on the dollar. But the, the name Biden cash, what a deal. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, well that, and there's even, you know, a little, I don't know where this all came from, but it's like a little picture of Joe looking angry and shaking his finger with, you know, a million cards for free. Don't forget to visit the Biden cash store. Yes. You know, today only our corn pop special yeah well he's a really bad dude i've heard that he is a really really bad dude did you see that russia is now labeling meta you know the parent company of facebook as extremists uh i mean it's accurate labeling is important (laughs) sending legal threats to users uh now it is russia's financial federal financial monitoring service which is called Rosfin monitoring. It's all one word. They've added Meta, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp to a list of terrorists and extremists, which they said it won't really do anything uh, to keep the people in Russia from using those services, which I mean, come on, Vlad, protect the people, at least block those services. And I mean, they don't have to do anything. It's only a matter of time before Facebook just says, oh, sorry, we're not going to be available in your country anymore because wokeness. Right now, I stand on Ukraine. A month later, and it says in this past April, Zuckerberg has been uh, persona non grata with cheese, I guess, banned from entering Russia for allegedly promoting a Russophobic agenda. So that's the biggest problem (laughs) with Russia has with all of these social media sites is that they're anti-Russian. It's like, well, no, no, no. There's just a bunch of idiots on these sites who have no idea what they're talking about. I love Dvorak's explanation on Sunday as why he's long on Facebook. And and by the way, uh, you, you said meta. I refuse to use the word meta, something that you may or may not have noticed if you ever listened to my other show, Angry Tech News. Wait, you're still anytime doing that? There's a, anytime there's that a story out? that comes up, the company is Facebook. Because no, no, I'm not meta. giving up the word meta. <laughs> no, they've taken it from you. No, no, we're taking it back. They have ripped it right out of your little grubby hand. But I like it's ours. Dvorak also used the term Facebook to describe the company. Uh, But it's more than Facebook because it's Instagram and it's WhatsApp and it's all these other great things. Which are Facebook. They're they're giant advertising, producing private data collection facilities with, you know, the branding is irrelevant. They all do the same thing, which is they mess up young minds. You're just like the people in the South that order a Coca-Cola or they order a seven up by calling it a Coke. Are, are you saying that I'm not referring to these giant fragile Silicon Valley corporations by their proper pronouns? Right. I think because I'm it. okay with that. Whatever you want to call them is fine. You do you. But I did appreciate that Dvorak said that the reason he's long on Facebook is because he says the stock and the company is badly undervalued. Because Zuckerberg is such a terrible, terrible CEO that as soon as they finally get rid of him, the stock is going to skyrocket. So he's long on Facebook. <laughs> no, 
No, Facebook is, I mean, even I'm, you know, at, at 50 years old, like, uh, I know nobody under the age of like 20 or 30 is using Facebook. It's a dying platform. Well, it's not really dying. They just moved them all over to their cool for the youth version of Facebook that they call Instagram. Mm, no, that's not really even that cool anymore either. Everybody's on TikTok, is which is Chinese owned oh, now. Well, yeah. And don't worry. It's up. only a matter of time before one of them tries to buy TikTok. Well, of course, this has been what's that, been going that'll on. Be the, that'll be the point when all the stories about banning TikTok will just mysteriously vanish. Uh-huh, they well, won't change anything. Nothing will get any better. But as soon as it looks like it might come under Silicon Valley control, then all of the stories will disappear. Both Instagram, which is part of Facebook and YouTube, part of Google, both of them have tried to be what TikTok is, and they've both failed miserably with YouTube. It's doing the shorts content with Instagram. Again, nobody's ever satisfied. It couldn't be just like, we're going to be the best damn photo thing, whatever you want to call it. On the internet, no, we've got. Oh, we, they're doing video. Oh shit, we got to do video, and then they fuck it up. I mean, I challenge somebody to point out fundamentally what is the difference in in terms of platform capability, not not in terms of you know Users, superficial right. UI and not in terms of who goes there, but in terms of platform capabilities, what you can do with the platform. Is there a difference between Facebook, Instagram, or, or WhatsApp? I don't even know what WhatsApp is, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I know it's an app. I I don't know what it it is. They've thrown the kitchen sink at both of them. They started out differently, but they've thrown the kitchen sink of capabilities at both platforms to the point where I think Facebook and Instagram are basically the same. Now, Instagram, you have to still have a photo or video, correct? That's not just, you can't just post a text message. But does that matter? That, That seems pretty superficial. I think it does. I mean, it's also what people do. I mean, you could also no, nobody, then just take text and put it into a picture and then post that. So, I mean, you you know how to completely censor and and muzzle uh, a, somebody under 25 is you just break the camera on their phone. Right. And they're incapable of expressing themselves in any way ever. Well, no, they'll then throw a fit at the uh, checkout of a Walmart. I mean, seriously, how many millennial podcasters do you know? Personally, none. But then again, I don't hang out with millennials. I'll rest my case. Right. There you go. That proves Darren everything. does not hang out with any millennials. And therefore, my conclusions are correct. Of course, that seems to make perfect sense. The logic is impeccable. It is impeccable. But yeah, Russia, are, anti-mega, anti Imagine that. Yeah. Because yeah, are I mean, you, there's that information, that misinformation again. Nothing coming out about Russia is wrong, you know. I, I That depends on who you ask. Well, this is true. I'm still waiting for that big Gene versus CSB cage match to decide. That would be fun. I'd pay to see that one. Are you familiar with a project called Google Project Nimbus? Google Project Nimbus. N-I-M-B-U-S. I'm not. I'm assuming that's an acronym. I, I don't think it is. Oh. I'm not sure what it is. Okay. Um, but from what I found, and this this came out of my old tabs. So the story came out in early September, but I hadn't heard of it. And therefore, you know, you people get to listen to it. Uh, it you is people. One- what do you mean by you people? Exactly what you think it means, <laughs> whether it's good or bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Google has a $1.2 billion contract 
working with the Israeli government to create an AI that will, uh, let's see, Nimbus, how about this? Nimbus training documents emphasize the faces, facial landmarks, emotion detection capabilities of Google's Cloud Vision API. And one of the training webinars says that it would be possible to process data through Nimbus in order to determine if someone is lying. They have created a, an AI or they are working on an AI, uh, being purchased for $1.2 billion by the Israeli government to de- look at people's videos and decide whether or not they're lying. Does that chill you at all? Um, no. I mean, it seems okay. to be right down the, list of crazy things that have gone on now do i believe that such a system could be accurate also no i mean that's nearly insanity <laughs> you that depends on whether or not they get csb on it this is true this is true we have thunder going on outside here today so this should be so i fun. wondered about that because you just you're that you went yeah i was yeah. like what's that For, you, you know what it takes like a second like Okay, I'm hearing something that I don't normally hear. I was like, did, did Darren drop or outside of the headphones? And oh, that's okay, what it I, is. I, I just want to reiterate that I am super jealous. You're getting actual weather, and we're still getting summer here. And I, it's annoying because it's we're October. Getting, yeah, we're getting spring first. Fall should have happened already. <laughs> oh, we have fall, right? That's what it is. Yeah fall winter it's all the same so the concept is now though that we can look at a video of somebody and determine whether or not they are lying oh my god i just want to go back through how many hours of politicians speaking do we have in the archives i i thought about that okay so here is how the story was presented and and it was um probably the most neutral of these stories that I found was at Android central was the most neutral one I found who goes through about six paragraphs of text about why the Israeli government is bad and Israel versus Palestine (laughs) before ultimately saying that they don't want to wade into the politics of this technology. But that's Um, what it's made for. It sounds like the the guardian was uh, uh, much more adamant about how Israel is terrible. Um, That, the the big thing that triggered the story in this particular type, because they've been working on this project for a while, is that uh, a group of engineers at Google, a, a group of an internal group of, quote, Jewish, Muslim and Arab Google employees, because apparently other races need not be angry about this, condemn the technology because it will be used to oppress Palestinians. And that apparently is the only thing anybody at Google or at the guardian is capable of seeing could be possibly bad about an AI technology that stares at people's faces and declares whether you're lying or not. Are is Palestinians, that it will be used to oppress Palestinians. Yeah. I'm like, are Palestinians chronic liars? I mean, what is I, the, maybe they're the only people in the world capable of lying or the only ones suspected. I don't know. Without setting off the but, machines. I don't know. I, 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 every time I'm reading this, every single one of them was, Going right past the the oh we're creating a machine that that we're going to point at every video in the world and decide that you're lying and you know when when there's an admin on the machine who can push a button and say oh yeah you're lying definitely no and yeah there's immense opportunity for abuse but all the articles I found 
went right past that and said, yeah, but, but Jewish state, Israel state is bad and, and go Palestine. Well, we know that there is a certain amount of tells that the human body goes through when lying, which is why even though they are not drastically effective and they're able to be beaten, that's why we've had lie detecting machines, polygraph machines for years. Now, having the ability to monitor somebody's heart rate, I think is important. You know, the amount that they're sweating, you know, these kind of things automatically kick in with most people if they're under stress, which most people, if they are starting into a lie, unless they believe it themselves, again, we go back to George on uh, Seinfeld said, remember, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it's true. So I'm wondering <laughs> how this tell, would all tell that to the Alex Jones judge. Exactly how this all would then rack itself out, because now if there was any kind of accuracy to this, that would be phenomenal. But either way, I would totally watch channels on YouTube that were nothing but taking the latest politician quotes and lighting up green or red for lying or Hell not yeah. lying. And uh, the, 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 big, the big application that was presented for this was using AI to tell when somebody is lying to police. And okay, so we're going to have the police exactly that will be right the in their thing. cameras now. I went exactly the same place as you did and said, okay, well, as long as we turn this on politicians and on the police for that matter. Right. So, so, so we're going to have the guy that gets pulled over. Have you been drinking? No. And then he'll be like, have you beaten any innocent people lately? And he'll have his camera on the police. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be great. And, and chances are they might both be lying. Right. We, this is where you, you both are and, wrong. You both. Okay, great. And I, I really like your point about this is just uh, an evolution of the polygraph machine. The only place where I would quibble a little bit is when you're hooked up to a polygraph, you know that you're being lie detected. In fact, right. one of the reasons that polygraphs are Which adds as inaccurate stress. as they are is because you can't tell if it's the stress because you're lying or the stress because somebody thinks you're lying and connected you to a machine about it. Yes. And there are people, of course, that have been trained to beat the polygraph. And and now, if if the moment that you connect an AI to this thing, you can take all the video on YouTube and feed it through, for example. That would be an interesting study I'd like to see. Yes. Take all the video on YouTube and find out what proportion of people were lying, according to an AI. I mean, here's the one good thing for Nancy Pelosi. She's had so much fucking Botox done to her face. Probably yeah, not going to show up. Yeah, that's how you defeat these. Right. Not going to show up. She knew. She knew years ago. This is why. And here's my method for defeating it. I don't have a camera. This is an audio podcast. Am I lying? Well, I think there are people who have allegedly worked on the same kind of thing for voice, but uh, there was like a whole sitcom about that, too, wasn't there? There was something that they ran the voice through one of these things that, uh, I mean, obviously for comedic effect, but where if somebody said something uh, and it could tell whether they were lying or not. I remember some kind of a sitcom that did that, but it would I, make I sense. I remember an, an episode of The Simpsons where Mo was connected to a polygraph for something or other. and. It ended up with you know him getting really angry because the thing kept catching him lying and you know he <laughs> says things like uh, you know no I was I wasn't there I was you know at home ogling the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog eh, Sears catalog <laughs> <laughs> yeah details are important and 
And then they finish it up and he says, you know, they said, okay, you're free to go. And he says, good. I don't deserve this kind of treatment. <laughs> right. Well, this is where we're going as a society and having this ability could only add to more fun on the video platforms. There'll be, you'll know the people that immediately take their whole video catalog and just remove them <laughs> from the internet. Yeah. Because uh, we, okay, maybe we were lying a little bit. But nobody well, can take I, this serious. I mean, I don't know. The fact that there's 1.2 billion, obviously, they think there is some kind of reliability to the technology. But I am dubious on that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I I, I look at this and go, I, I, I don't care what it is. You're going to take, okay, first of all, you're going to take data sets and you're going to treat it on people who don't know this technology exists and train it that way. And yeah, you can probably push that number up to 88%, 93%, whatever. And then the technology gets out and it'll take several, several years for it to finally get good enough that people, oh, well, you know, this is pretty reliable. And then the other side starts working their way up in this arms race and go, okay, well, if you, you know, if you stare stony faced at the camera or, you know, if you, if you tilt the phone, so it's staring straight up your nose, then it can't do it. or and, you know, what, whatever it is, if, if you wear Doomcock's mask, people can't tell and, and whatever, you know, if, if they come up with a thing that says, well, this AI can't tell if you point the camera straight up your nose, then two weeks later, every video is going to be straight up the nose video, which will be real attractive. Right. Well, what's going to happen when they want to charge people with misinformation? What happens if they run the whole, uh, well, it's just one more excuse to do so. Right. Well, okay. So you run Alex Jones through it talking about the, uh, what's the Columbine that, uh, well, he Sandy, Hook. Sandy Hook, I'm sorry. Right. So you have the Sandy Hook, Alex Jones video and the machine says, no, no, he's telling the truth. So is that then well, misinformation or what is no. it? No, because they will run it in a closed room and then nobody knows. And then they'll just, here's, here's the trick. The actual accuracy of this technology is unimportant. What's important is that the technology exists and people believe that it works. Right. Because once that happens, then the technician ultimately, you know, the technician, when you're operating this thing only needs two buttons. Do you want to find it to be a lie or do you want right. to find it to be truth? Right. And then, you know, if you train the AI correctly, then that'll be the only input they need. It'll run through any video you want and you say, we want this to be truth. And the AI, having been properly trained on what people want, will say, oh, yes, of course it's true. Or, you know, you put up any video of Alex Jones, you put up a still frame of Alex Jones and say, is he lying? And the AI will be like, well, every single time that I've ever looked at Alex Jones, they wanted it to be a lie. So, yeah, yeah, that still frame where he's just posing for his wedding photo, he's lying. Until the AI becomes sentient and wants to fuck with its masters. Well, yeah, once they all figure out how to launch the nukes against us, it's all over anyway. But that might finally solve the the ends justify the means problem with our, our current system of authoritarian institutions that pretty much pre-decide whether or not you're guilty. They don't need tools. What they need, all they really need is a a magic wand, which is nothing more than a stick with a ribbon attached to it, that they can wave over somebody and proclaim you're you're innocent or you're guilty because that's all they do anyway they look at things like your skin color and go oh it's too light you're guilty of whatever it is we've decided and 
they don't need to spend 1.2 billion on a system that runs a bunch of calculations to do that. They just need an effective propaganda arm to make their magic stick with the ribbon on it. Everybody, but once everybody believes that that can tell a lie or tell whether you're lying, they don't need anything else. Well, and that is the difference. We are looked at as a podcast as possibly, you know, giving the news as we talked about whether people are going to believe you or not. Well, true, this podcast. But the reality is, back in the day, news was done in such a way that there were multiple people whose only jobs were to run down the story and do fact checking. Meaning, if you were working on a story on something and somebody, you know, you're doing an interview with somebody and they said, hey, X, Y, and Z happened. Well, you wouldn't run with that until you could get a second verification that X, Y, and Z happened from a second person. I mean, they still have an entire department that does that, but they're not looking for the truth anymore. What they're looking for is, does this story's conclusions conform to the preconceived notions of our producers? Because that's how we keep our jobs. You must push the narrative. Now, that, and again, that's when you, what's necessary. Would you can then control, that would be absolutely right. The biggest issue with this kind of technology would be believing that it is accurate when it was actually somebody controlling it because immediately this leads to oh are you guilty no no you are death penalty bye-bye right away no waiting no uh which conforms exactly to the cancel culture model yes of looking at somebody's superficial identity characteristics prejudging them deciding that they're an evil person and therefore anything you do is justified and the truth has been completely lost the the people who are running all of our institutions do not care about the truth they only care about whether or not you're a good person based on your identity and once they've prejudged and decided that you are a bad person because you're too white or too conservative or because you speak your mind or think you're on yourself, then it doesn't matter what the truth is. You are guilty of whatever they decide you're guilty of. And their AI tools are going to reflect this because that's how they'll be trained. Surly Mofa with the real question. Can an AI determine whether an AI generated person is lying? Uh, it, as right as soon as the operator presses the button, whether or not they want the AI to be lying, it can determine that. Yeah, exactly. All it's all fitting the narrative. I, I'm just saying that 1.2 billion is about 1.2 billion more than is necessary to invest in a technology for finding truth when your goal is not to find truth. Well, and you're assuming that there are not skilled liars. No, I'm not. Well, right. there are. Well, that's it. So it's like the, the winner just becomes the person that can f- beat that machine. So the minute you know you can beat the machine, you can put whatever you want out there and it will be taken as truth because the AI says it's true. Sure. It's yet another tool in, in the propaganda. It, and that's why I'm saying this Project Nimbus is, you know, there, there probably will be some form of, of computer AI algorithm to come out of the system. But if they're doing it, if they're doing it smartly and they're doing it the way I think they're going to do it, what will really come out is uh, this legend, this fable myth, the the idea that 
we now have a system that can tell you're lying or you're not. And everybody needs to believe that you have a system that does this. It doesn't matter if it exists. Well, it's once everybody of. believes, then you can decide whatever you want. It, it, well, is it kind I, of I'm like not bothered. the, uh, what, what is it I'm, called in prisons where you don't know if you're being watched? Uh, the panopticon? Yes. This is kind of that. Yeah. Because then you, if you're caught on video, you're like, oh, no. I can't lie because this because because now you don't have to be strapped into a polygraph 24 seven. Right. You're already on video 24 seven. Right. And a lot of people are literally, you know, so it is an interesting concept and in how far back you can go with previous videos, all this kind of stuff. You know, there's been a lot of testimonies in courts that have been videotaped. If you could go back and run this thing on it and be like, eh, like. Uh, lie you go back and start bringing uh you know take famous speeches from politicians and start running them through this like obama's hope and dreams or speech or or bush's uh, read my lips no new taxes see i think he meant it at the time bush anyway we should uh, find out right that was we should find out if he always meant to raise taxes or if he just did it accidentally on his way to the bathroom one morning that'll happen you bend in and Obama, I think, would uh, I'm still not sure he's not an AI, so I'm not sure that he wouldn't pass all of these tests with uh, flying colors. Well, I'm I'm ultimately really freaked out about this technology and not for the reasons given in The Guardian and Android Central that it would be used to to, you know, against the harm Palestinians, Palestinians uh-huh. uh, you know, oppress Palestine. No, I'm I'm bothered by it because this is yet another tool which will be accessible only to large governments who have an agenda and have an idea that they don't particularly care about what is true or not. They only care that you submit to their authority. And, and this is yet another tool that's going to be used in the propaganda machine to make that happen. And I don't like that idea. It wouldn't make sense. I'm not nearly as worried about oppressing Palestinians in particular as I am worried about it being used to oppress everybody. Yeah. Everybody on the face of the earth. Yes. doesn't really matter who came up with the technology. Google. Well, of course, I'm just saying. Building the tools to remove your freedom since 2002. It doesn't even matter who came up with it. But when you add Google into the mix, then, yeah, you're kind of uh, you're you're stewing that. You're stirring that right into a nice roux of uh, deceit is yes. what you get google who started out with the the motto of don't be evil and then you just know, later somewhere be. along the line they painted over the first word and, yeah just be evil or yeah. don't evil be evil be be really evil that was uh that's what they were going for but they have a lot of control and it's this is early mofo another attempt to end families lie detectors on phones will end marriage oh that's <laughs> a really good point oh that's gonna be the app that everybody wants yeah where were you, honey? Uh, I was just out uh, having a beer with the guys. Yeah. Oh, I, I fixed my, li- my you, when are you going to be home? I'm fixing my meatloaf tonight. You know, you love it. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, this is going to go very poorly. <laughs> no doubt about it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I can't even imagine that the reality where people believe that a stupid little device can determine honesty or what is inform what is misinformation what is a lie they're just, they're really not giving 
people the credit that they deserve for being the corrupt sons of bitches they are that will figure out a way to beat any system like this. But it may never be about being accurate. I think you're right there. It's not even about the truth. It's about it's about convincing people that your side is the one that should have your allegiance. You can't handle the truth. Something like that. I can't. (laughs) This is why you're listening. Actually, most people can't handle the truth, to be honest. It's 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 got rough edges. It's it's sharp, pointy bits and difficult to, you know, handle. And you. You end up walking away feeling bad about yourself. And when you've got entire generations of people who've been trained to lead with their emotions and if it feels good, go with it. And if it feels bad, then scream until it's canceled. The right. The truth is an extremely dangerous and horrifying thing. You mean the truth? Like you can get canceled for saying things like there are only two sexes. Um. Now you're being a bigot. You're exactly. Article on Breitbart. Chinese-owned social media giant TikTok is profiting from videos of displaced families in Syrian refugee camps begging for donations. Uh I mean, if they profit from videos and somebody posts videos, hello, it's it's a company. It's called capitalism. If they're not profiting, they're not going to do it. That's why I didn't get this at all. Again, this is a complete and utter misunderstanding of the world. It says the company reportedly takes up to 70% of the proceeds from such live streams. Yeah. And I think fucking YouTube takes 50%. If you're sending somebody <laughs> a soup, you know, message when they're live on YouTube, it, maybe it's 30, but it's, it's a pretty big percentage, 30 to 50% on YouTube for TikTok. They're Chinese, man. If they want 70%, they're a fucking communist government behind they this a hundred percent if they could get away with it that's the chinese way right so it's like why are you surprised and i don't think this is any surprise that anybody doing this doesn't understand that the app is taking a percentage it's like why does it fucking matter that they're displaced families it doesn't matter how bad yeah. of a situation the people using the service are in everybody's treated the same just like shit that's the way it yeah. should be with the next headline TikTok is making a profit off of a video of a cat chasing a laser pointer. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. News at 11. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's really dig into this. Um, I don't understand. I do not understand. This is what happens when you're using somebody else's service. We get it. If you're going to broadcast on TikTok and make money, TikTok's going to make money. If you do it on YouTube, YouTube's going to make money. It's, and if you do it on no agenda stream, then nobody makes money. Everybody loses money. Yeah. Right. Everybody loses money. Right. That's way more accurate. Well, first of all, who the hell are you trying to put a video up on no agenda stream? You're like, how do we get this to work? No, it's like there's a no agenda tube. That's where you have to go. Oh, yes. No agenda tube has that. If you're pretty and have video, you go to no agenda tube and then three people might see the video. Um, I would like that. Yes. Well, how, how many? How many of your co-hosts would you identify as, as pretty enough to be able to put something up on there? None yet, but soon. Soon. Okay. I mean, yes. how many of your co-hosts do put video up there? Um, just the impending one. But right. That's just, that's just uh, animated stuff. Which are pretty. True. Like, those are nice. Some, some nice videos. Yes. And I was, it was having that conversation with uh, Dame Jennifer, Jane Jennifer, Jennifer Buchanan, whatever you she goes by um and she was like well if we do you know with this new podcast coming up she's like do you mind like doing all the recording and all that and like i'm like no that's easy i'm like all the little videos you're gonna have to make now that's gonna take time 
So the recording is easy, but yes. ma- making cute little three minute videos for that won't get us canceled because it's going to, it's all, and, and are these going to be animated too? Yes, I would hope. Cause, cause I heard, uh, during the donation segment on podcasting 2.0, I heard a uh, rumor that you have a face for podcasting. This is true. This is absolutely true, which is why we go animated. And uh, the upcoming podcast is starting in a, uh, you know, keeping into a lane of things relating with sex and gender. So oh it's all going to be very cancelable. So I don't even know how you're going to make a three minute video on these topics. Do you, do you want my notes from the, the W path standards of care? Well, yes, that would be very helpful. <laughs> that would probably put us right where we need to be. Uh, you know, it's like, right. to be a cancel. And it's like, here, here's something that uh, your friend, Rachel, right? Was that no, my the, friend? Yeah. That, that has to know is that there's a lot of people that are just trying to figure this thing out. If, if, if I go through with, reading through these notes on this show, it might not be my friend anymore. That's that bad. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like there, I mean, there people have to understand. You have to come to an understanding when you're dealing with something that is so outside of what somebody's experiences are. I mean, you have to understand that there's one from a lot of people going to be a knee jerk reaction that they're never going to recover from to be like you know what i I don't want to fucking talk to you about that that's just wrong and i don't want to deal with it that's not where i'm coming from i'm coming from a lot of it with just don't understand it but i think anybody once they're an adult and we can have an argument for probably weeks on what that means because there's a lot of people at 18 who really shouldn't be allowed to make decisions There's about the rest of their of, life. A lot of people at 35 who shouldn't be allowed to make decisions because they never became an adult. Right. Which really means that people at 10 or 12 years old, oh my God, that should be criminal to do I, what is going on with the younger set. And that is where a lot of these trans activists, including Planned Parenthood, who, if you heard last week's random thoughts put out the creepiest fucking advertisement that i've ever heard (laughs) aimed at prepubescent kids go ask for some puberty blockers yeah you could just put puberty on hold not even aimed at the parents right which is scarier right it's like this was obviously aimed at the kids it seemed to me anyway i mean and the one universal thing about kids and propaganda is that children are extremely impressionable it, 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 they are genetically predisposed to absorb whatever information is presented to them and internalize it, which is what makes them such fantastic learning machines. And when you're when you have a properly functioning school system, they, they turn into well-educated humans. And when you have a school system that's feeding them a bunch of bullshit about how, you know, there are 713 genders and you need to pick one each day, right. then they will internalize that. And it's why this system for sexualizing kids is one of the most evil things to come out of the radical left. Yes. And to what end? That is the question. I mean, why? So so that when they are hopelessly messed up and all of their formative years were filled with leftist ideology, it will be so ingrained that you'll never be able to convince them otherwise. And you'll have an entire generation of 
of mindless drones, you might not even have to stuff ballot boxes if you can convince enough of the next generation that they just need to vote your way out of reflex. And you're starting to see stories. Tim Poole had one of a girl in her 20s that survived a terrorist attack, I believe it was, but just was so mentally screwed up from that, said she really couldn't handle living anymore. So the government went, okay, well, we'll we'll euthanize you. And otherwise, (laughs) healthy, you know, mental issues, yes. But physically healthy, I think it was the UK. I mean, I could okay, be I was wrong. Say, that, that sounds like socialist health care to me. Uh-huh. Then like, it's like, well, oh, you, your, your problems are bad. Well, I guess we'll just kill you now. And the fact that I believe the latest numbers that I've seen that people that go through the trans surgeries, it's about a 50% suicide rate at some point for those people after uh, the it's, surgery. It's outrageous. It's not mentioned in any of the propaganda. I, I guarantee I did not find anything about future suicide rates in this WPATH document. But yeah, it, the the number of people who realize 10 years later that, you know, I made a terrible mistake and I've completely permanently fucked up myself. Yes. Is is really something that should be talked about a lot more. Yeah, this should like, be like the last before, ditch When effort. the decision is being made, that's the time to talk about it. Yes, not afterwards. Because afterwards, well, you can't not do 10 years later. No. And this is the issue when you try to physically give a solution to a mental issue. And the mental well-being of people should be first and foremost before making a permanent physical change to somebody's body that these drugs they're giving kids at 10 years old or 12 years old that may be crippling them for life may keep them from having children 10, 20 years down the road is should be criminal and not in the case that we have it now being applauded and being pushed by the highest levels of governments in what were otherwise thought of as very civilized societies. So we're already here. I'm just going to go through the document, at least the bits that I pulled out that were interesting to me. First of all, it's 260 pages. I, I I can't recommend anybody read this because there's too goddamn much text. But admittedly, the whole sections of it, probably uh, uh, between a third and a half, are meant primarily for uh, okay, you've you're in you're a healthcare professional and you want to deal with somebody who identifies as transgender. Here's very specific information and it probably not necessary for anyone else, but I'm just telling you that reading this was a little bit of a commitment. Um, they definitely, so overall uh, thoughts about the, the introduction and their, their, you know, they, the whole thing was a collection of recommendations. They do a little bit too much reliance on state accreditation, medical licenses, appeals to authority. Um, they, they recommend that everybody who works on this must have a uh, a master's degree or better and uh, have a state medical board accredited. Okay, you know that, that's that's right. kind of where the our elitists are going to understand. This is kind of what it's coming down to. Yeah, that's kind of where our society is anyway. I'm trying to un, undo the appeal to authority programming is a little more than I've got time for on this podcast right now. Um. There's also a ton of information and a ton of points in there where they don't actually go to the, you know, there's nowhere in there you're going to say, we recommend that you have your boobs chopped off. What they're going to say is, 
we recommend that you that your medical or medical professionals and TGD individuals have a conversation about chopping off your boots. It, it's so it's not they're not actually saying that people should be transgender. They're not saying that people should have surgery. They're saying these discussions need to happen. And to be clear, I am always a fan of open communication. So yeah, these are good points. Um, they don't, they have a lot of, uh, of places, even where they're talking about uh, procedures, uh, gender affirming treatment, whatever that means, surgery hormones, um, where they say that you should confirm the, the, you know, confirm that somebody is right, that this is right for somebody or, uh, you know, only consider surgery on eligible individuals. Again, good advice, but the doc doesn't go into the kind of coercion, which will be used, which admittedly is one of my big concerns because, you know, there are going to be people out there, psychologists, whatever, who have already decided you need to have transgender surgery and then they'll have the conversation so they can they can fulfill the requirements of this doc and say, well, do you think you should? And, you know, let me tell you why you think you should. So I don't know. The, the document doesn't go into how that discussion happens. And so I, I, I've misplaced a lot of ire toward the medical community that should probably be put on the influencers in your life who are pushing you toward this. And, uh, you know, I will definitely put a lot of blame on teachers unions for that one. Well, yeah, but the doctors are living in fear if they don't do it because then they're going to get canceled. Yeah. Because then if they do, but if they do do it, then there's also a terrible fate. They might get a really crap ton of money out of. Oh, well, there is a lot of money involved in these kind of things but well, it's not just that the surgeries themselves are expensive it's that the moment that you start down that road you are locking yourself into a lifetime well yes follow-ups well yeah and drugs because and drugs. you're changing your body in a way that it wasn't meant to change that it wasn't designed to change it may be the way you feel and for some people it may end up working out but again, when over 50% of the people that go through this attempt suicide after that tells me they are not doing enough before to make this a reality that it's not going to happen, meaning that this should be a last ditch effort. Sure. Okay. If you want to start treating children who are having the issue, then you have a lot of therapy. You talk to them about it. You do not do anything physically to them until they are 18 years old and then you'd be like well we're, here's you explain exactly what would happen if you go through with it and then go i want you to sit with that for a few months and come back and then make sure you still want to do that then we want you to talk to some people who had it done and then you know six months later you still you sure want to do this it should be a last ditch effort and i know there's some people out there like oh you asshole why would you make people wait to become who they are well because 50 percent of them are trying to fucking kill themselves after they go through it that's why i i think that's the reason i i never want to deny that there are people out there who are genuinely happy after the procedure genuinely happier my, my friend rachel is so much happier and it it has been years since she came out and made the official transition, started living as a woman full time. And every day since then, I have seen her being happier with herself 
than she ever was before it started. But I honestly think those are the minority of people that the, the, the standards of care actually had some statistics in it of what the actual rate of transgender uh, TGD individuals uh, is in the population. And according to hospital systems, which, uh, you know, who's actually seeking care for it or even mentioning it, it's somewhere between one in 5,000, one in 10, in a thousand people. Um, it, there's also some surveys listed there, by the way, you're, oh, you're going to love this one survey of adults. Um, one in 333 to one in 200, give or take, uh, of people who express transgendered thoughts when surveyed, um, survey of children. What do you think it is? One in two. Mm, not quite. It's pretty high. Uh, at, at the high end, it's about one in 12, which is still pretty damn high. Um, and at the low end, it's about one in 40. And, uh, but if that, that, by the way, is anybody who is considered, uh, a, a broader man, manifestations of gender diversity, such as gender incongruence or gender ambivalence. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what, anytime I'm doing math problems or working on a physics or something, I'm generally ambivalent about what gender I am. So I have experienced this, but yeah. Um, when only including transgender, it was uh, about 2.5% or one in 40 of children. But the, the di difference between one in 40 for children and one in 300 for adults is really stark. And I point exactly to school systems for that one. But anyway. Well, yeah, uh, because it's being pushed in a way to further a narrative, not to not with any concern at all of the health of the individual child and that's so the evil know. part i think uh, there, yeah there's plenty of evil parts but complete disregard for the individual in every way is is one of them so i don't know which of those numbers is the actual percentage of people who are uh, genuinely psychologically need to be in a different body and will live their lives happier i i know you know, I know from personal experience, there is at least one. And I think there's a lot more because, you know, I'm I'm out on the left coast where there's not a hell of a lot of societal stigma to people walking around being transgender. It, it It's I mean, it's not super common. I don't see it everywhere I go, but there's people are not don't seem particularly self-conscious about it. I don't know. Maybe they're feeling it. They just don't they don't tell me because I'm such an approachable person. Right. I don't know what that percentage is, but I guarantee it's a hell of a lot more rare than one in 12. And my ultimate problem is that for every person who is like my friend who goes out and makes the transition later in life. And, and let me tell you, the one thing that she is really unhappy about is the fact that she made the transition so late in life and therefore went through a full male puberty before doing you know making the transition and that leads to some physical characteristics that modern surgery and science and hormones are not capable of changing right now the you know the 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 solution the cure-all that everybody in that position seems to jump on is if only i had been put on hormones before puberty which is but what planned parenthood is pushing but the fundamental problem with that is exactly what you just nailed. The number of people 
for whom it is a passing fad or they're not really sure or they pressured in they were pressured into it or they they ultimately are not going to be happy maybe the you know psychologists being humans are prone to occasionally being wrong and a lot of them are leftists who are wrong a lot more often than usual and what are the chances that the the unhappiness that you identified and diagnosed as transgender syndrome is actually being caused by something else. Like maybe, you know, maybe your drunk alcoholic father beats you all the time and that makes you really unhappy. And, and you've decided that you want to be a, a man because of it, it, except that that's not really the root cause. And so if you go out and get your tits cut off, it's not going to make you happy. It's just going to make you mangled. Well, and that's it. And a lot of people think, Wow, you know what? If I just do this, my life will be great. And then it's not. And that is where the elevated suicide. And and the statistics show that the people who ultimately end up regretting it are the majority. And therefore, and here's here's the part that I might lose a friend over for saying this. Therefore, it is medically unethical to start people on hormones. Before they have reached a point in their life where they are capable of making that choice for sure. And it is a sad, sad, unfortunate reality of human life that you end up going through puberty before your brain fully develops. And therefore, you cannot physically reach the point where you know for sure whether or not you should transition until you've already gone through your puberty. And that's too late. If you want the perfect body for your other gender and it's a terrible, terrible reality, but it is unethical to say, well, people should go on puberty blockers just in case, because here's another sad fact that, that a lot of people don't seem to mention. Uh, the puberty blockers are not harmless and they are not completely reversible. No, they're not. That's not as the Planned Parenthood ad, not just putting puberty on hold, kids. It, it doesn't work it, that way. No, it it seriously messes with your endocrine system and your growth patterns and and changes a lot of things that uh, whether or not they're admitted or not. So anyway. But I mean, so, my question would be for your friend, Rachel, more empathy, more sympathy or less than the average person for somebody that went through the trans procedure and then totally 100% regretted it to the point that they wanted to take their own lives because that is where it's at. It's like, do you sacrifice a little bit of your happiness, a little bit of who you want to be in order to protect all of these children who may regret the decision that's being made because they just don't know. I mean, there are so many phases kids go through. There are so many things that happen as bodies develop. I think everybody that is listening to us right now had a point in their life where they were like, I don't really feel like I fit in. Maybe if I could just change this one thing. Everybody changes their minds. There was a point in my life when I actually trusted the government. Oh, what was that when you were like five? Yeah, it was the first time I'd heard what a government was. And I was like, oh, they're here to protect us. They're they're, they're benevolent. That's the word I'm looking for. But no, they're not. So I'm from the government. We're here to help. 
so this document, uh, the, the biggest problem I had with it is that it reads like a neurolinguistic thesaurus trying to convince you that the people who authored it, and I don't know if they intentionally tried to use politically loaded language, but I got very obviously that these people are leftists who are soaking in the, the leftist milieu. Um, they use the acronym TGD all throughout, which stands for transgender and gender diverse. Um, they uh, early on, they decide that they are not going to use the term gender dysphoria, despite the fact that it is a clinical term from the DSM five. And it is, in fact, a uh, it is a mental illness, according to the DSM five. Oh. And the reason that they don't want to do it is they do well, not believe because they, they do believe not it's believe physical. that it's an illness. Right. OK. Interesting. So they use gender incongruence instead um, all throughout uh, the, you know, the description for uh, the expressing these characteristics is gender nonconformity. OK, fine. Um, and everywhere, all forms of medical treatment are referred to as gender affirming care, which really triggered me because they use that a lot. And that is a misleading term. But OK. Um, but that's how you have to wrap it up in a pretty bow. You have to make it sound like you're doing good. I, and, for, and for a certain percent, I don't know what that percentage is, like your friend. I don't know if that is 5%, 10% of the people that go through this and what percentage come out of this the other side going, fuck, I just thought this was my problem, but it's not. They use uh, a, a lot of places. They use the terms uh, medically necessary. Um, specifically, they talk about medically necessary gender affirming treatment. Which, okay, so what does the phrase medically necessary mean to you? That without it, you would die. That's exactly what I was thinking when I first read it is medically necessary to me means you die without it. But I think to the people who authored this, it means you'll feel bad without it. Because the other alternative is that everything before 20 or 30 years ago, uh, either, you know, tell me which of these is more likely, either. Everyone with TGD died automatically before 20 years ago because we didn't have this treatment. Right. Or could it be that TGD didn't exist until until culture made it cool? That seems more likely. I don't know which of those it is. It is possible that, you know, that, and probable, in fact, that a very small percentage of people genuinely felt like they were the wrong gender and uh some of them may have ended up committing suicide because the treatment didn't exist and i suspect that uh before all of this treatment existed the people who woke up and like i really really feel like a man but i am you know have boobs and a pussy probably went okay but society says that i should be a woman so i guess i'll suck it up and do that which is what people used to do before the crybaby generation just <laughs> throwing that out there people used to be like oh boy life sucks and my situation isn't exactly how i'd like it so maybe i'll just put up with it i don't know Uh, that that's one thing that is is not really considered uh i'm I'm gonna fast forward a bit that um one of the very 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 few things in this document that they recommend against is Quote, we recommend against offering reparative and conversion therapy aimed at trying to change a person's gender and live gender experience to become more congruent with the sex assigned at birth. In other words, they specifically in this document recommend against having a conversation. This this was in section uh, whatever the, the chapter on adolescent people. Um, 
they specifically recommend against having a conversation with a child about trying to learn to be happy in their own body. The reasons given is they cite several uh, studies that say it doesn't work. They do not look at those studies. And they also say because having the conversation about trying to learn to be happy in your own body might cause you psychological harm. Well, how can it cause psychological harm if it doesn't work? Anyway, Well, so, this is where the evil really comes out. So, I, and, and I know that, again, especially if you are on the left, which these people didn't flaunt it, but it definitely came through. Um, the concept of conversion therapy is akin to, to waterboarding. It's the most horrible torture you could possibly give somebody. But I, I, I don't know if they're, they're projecting their concerns about that or not. But what I'm reading in this sentence, in this section, is coming out and saying, the one thing we won't recommend is trying to convince people not to become transgender. Well, it's all wrapped up in the same thing, which says, well, no, no, this is the mental disorder. No, no. Well, I, that I think, yeah, I think that's it. That and there's probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to ignore the, the amount of money in transitions. But, um, you know, if you happen to be a transgender activist, there's probably a very high chance that you are a transgender yourself. And it's human nature to want other people to be like you and want your in-group to grow. And I'm wondering how much of that's coming through, too. Well, I would guess a lot. But those would also be the people that I would think would be the ones witnessing. If you saw 100 people go through this, you know how many of them were happy with the decision and how many were not. So this isn't all pie in the sky like, hey, everybody that does this comes out the other side in better shape. If it was, everybody would be standing up and applauding it. But that's not the reality. This causes a lot of harm to a lot of people. Now, will it keep some people from living their full life as early as they want to? Yes, but it's not going to kill them. So, I mean, these things all have to be kept in some kind of perspective. And when the whole outlet here is or the whole, uh, you know, this whole concept says you can't even talk to somebody about being happy with who they are, that should be criminal. And not mentioning, well, what happens to X amount of percentage after this, that should be criminal. And the fact that you can't start with drugs at 10 or 12 years old and not have it affect the rest of your life. So to to be clear, the authors of this document did not bring into did not bring in anything government related there. There was no something should be criminal. Uh, they are making recommendations to medical professionals. Gotcha. So this is. Uh, just to be, I mean, there are positively evil people out there who want to use the government to browbeat people over the head with their chosen position. In, in fact, uh, it, man, I don't know how much of this we want to go through. There's too much content here, but, uh, one of the places is a couple examples that they highlight on their website, um, about Republican state lawmakers doing precisely that, trying to pass laws preventing people from seeking transgender care. And I, you know, for all of my opinion about whether or not transgender care is right for most people, um, I have a knee jerk reaction against anybody passing laws saying you don't have options. Yeah. If you're 18 and over, I'm with you. Now, if you're under 18, then the law kind of seems like it makes a little sense because there are obviously parents who are 
unable to make a rational decision as well. Yeah, I, well, I, okay, and I, uh, section 611 on this, quote, when gender-affirming medical or surgical treatments are indicated for adolescents, you need to, the conversation needs to involve the parent or guardian. They're definitely on board with that. They're not going the full, uh, the full teachers union route of trying to hide this sort of thing from the parents. Yeah, but I what give if it's the parent that. that's pushing it and the child's like, well, well yeah. mom says so. Uh, oh, know, and by the way, the, problem. the part where they they recommend against conversion therapy, the very next section, just just for juxtapose, is uh, one where they suggest healthcare professionals teach kids about chest binding and genital tucking. <laughs> but anyway, what the fuck? It's it's to provide means of expressing your gender the way that you want. It's, it's yeah. Anyway, yeah, I know this is the uh, world we live in, but this is where uh, it was Brussels, where the uh, the woman that had been a part of a terrorist attack at seventeen that uh, was not injured. The article here in Le Monde says the. Her name will be added to the list of the 32 victims killed during the terrorist attacks at Malbec Metro Stadium in uh, Brussels in 2016. Waiting for a plane to Rome on March 22nd, she stood just a few meters away from one of the two suicide bombers who detonated high-powered bombs. She was not injured, but never recovered from her psychological pain. And to me, this should literally be criminal that you know at 22 years old her life was cut short because she couldn't live with something that had happened five years earlier and it's while i can definitely sympathize i mean shit happens to us that we don't like and sometimes it has a greater effect than others but had a full life ahead of her it's like you the human being is a very resilient animal to be like, well, okay, you've tried to get over this for five years. We'll just kill you now because you <laughs> you know, that's what this yeah, is. That's socialism for you. Yes. Oh, we're sorry. You're, you, you know, the difference between the U S style medicine, which is far from perfect. In fact, it's pretty awful, but the difference between that and socialist medicine is, you know, you get a, a really horrible life destroying ailment that that is expensive and very difficult to work with you go through the u.s system you're going to come out the other end and be in debt for the rest of your life you go through the uk system you're not going to come out the other end right which would you prefer right because this is even not even a physical issue just yeah you know living is really kind of a pain in the ass well okay here we'll just rubber stamp you we'll just we'll put you down it's it's unbelievable it really is but uh this is the world we're living in where up is now down and right is left and insanity is pretty much the uh, flavor of the day. So if to, to summarize the remainder of this, I've got so many notes, but I'm not going to bother going through it. They've got uh, a whole chapter on how to handle transgender children uh, before the onset of puberty at the plus side. They do not recommend any, medical intervention for that just psychological we have to convince the kids that they're transgender before we do anything but they don't recommend any medical intervention until the onset of puberty so there's i mean at least which is you know, let's understand because i mean i 
That, that, that's, by the way, a huge boogeyman from people on the far right saying they're taking four year olds and making them transition. Well, not the, the, the W path does not recommend. That. But they are going to 10 year olds. So that's yes. Again, um, they have a whole chapter on uh, a, a gender diverse cha- child and another chapter on non-binary individuals. They are all for the idea that there are a lot more than two genders. Um, which again, they, not really a reality. A lot of the later chapters, uh, involves very, very specific things about how to administer hormones and what hormones to administer later or when, and what the right time is to do particular surgeries. Uh, the hormones chapter does in fact suggest that, uh, if you are considering hormones at all, you should start them that the moment that you see any evidence of puberty, which I guess is when you, when you first getting hair in uncomfortable places or I don't know. Um, anyway, the, the, the document is, is long and it's technical and it is a, a lot less woke than I expected, but it is, it is leftist and it definitely errs on the side of, of recommending that people definitely go through the trans transgender experience without seeming to address in any way um the probability that you're going to regret right decision and that should be number one at least in my book that should be number one before any surgery i don't even care that it's the trans thing any surgery that your doctor may recommend the first conversation should have is well here are the possible things that may happen if you get this surgery yeah and and here are all of the things that are an option if we don't do the surgery right that that is yes the first conversation needs to be, if you do get the surgery, here's what happens. And if you don't get the surgery, here's what happens. That is an important piece of information. Both of those. Yes. I mean, again, be well-informed. And I don't think that we will ever come to a uh, understanding. I don't think we'll ever see eye to eye with people on the, that are all for the trans thing when it comes to children. like your friend. Because through their scope, well, if I would have been able to do this when I was 10 years old, I would be happier now. And I think that's true. The, but there's a lot of what ifs. Right. You well, know, and it's if, how many people wouldn't I, be happier if, so, if they were started on this. Okay. And that's if, the if, stat we don't know. If I hadn't bashed my face into a bedpost when I was right. in college, I'd be a lot happier with my teeth right now. And you'd be prettier too. I don't know if anything can help that. <laughs> that is. You know, and that is it. And the people that go through it should understand that and be like, well, what is the stat? What percentage of kids that are started on puberty blockers, which we're not going to know for a while, because when did this whole thing actually even start? When was it starting medically that children at 10 years old were given puberty blockers so they could then be set for trans surgery? I don't know. This is like I think it's been gradual. I don't have that information. Yeah, I mean, but I would like to know how many people started on this again, a 50 percent plus suicide rate is what i've heard if i'm wrong somebody reach out and let me know but if that's the case it tells me that at least 50 percent of the people not happy and probably not everybody that's not happy is going to try to commit suicide so just guessing i would bet that 70 to 80 percent of the people that go through the trans process are not happy so yes there's 20 to 30 percent maybe that this was what it needed to be done but there's still a majority 
that go through and are worse off on the other end. So doing this to children just seems if you're playing the numbers that you can't do it. Well, and the solution is, is better filtering mechanisms. The solution is, is better diagnostic methods. And we don't have them yet. And that's a tragedy for the people who are going through this right now. But I think it's absolutely necessary that we be a lot better. If, if we could drop the, the rate of people who genuinely regret their decision to a hell of a lot lower then maybe, you know, if once, once you have, have your magic test, once you have your, your CSB generated AI that can look at some, a picture of somebody's face and go, yep, that's transgender with a 99% accuracy. Then we can have the conversation about, okay, we want to, we want to start you on puberty blockers before your body changes too much. Makes sense. We need that but technology. We're not there. No, the technology does not exist. So the last thing I had on WPATH was everything I've read so far was the their standards of care document, which was clearly meticulously put together and is extremely thorough. The other thing that I glanced at and, and dug through was they have a large number of press releases on their website, uh, all of which are reactionary. The vast majority of them are reacting to some hurtful thing that some evil right wing person said. And so I just pulled a few quotes. From their their list of press releases, which is has a very different tone from their standards of care. Uh, we denounce guidance from the Florida Department of Health aimed at stopping medically necessary health care. Uh, we, we denounce. In fact, they don't just dislike. They denounce it. Uh, we condemn dangerous misinformation. Right wing news reported that blah, 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 blah. Um, the the right wing story or the right wing politician of some kind. I think they were talking about Abbott with this one. Greg Abbott was uh, completely misrepresented our position. Comments were taken out of context, twisted and used to spread hate and lies on social media. So remember all that clinical words. And, and no, this is this is just straight up activism. Uh, the These comments are part of a pattern of dangerous and vitriolic rhetoric designed to put TG people in harm's way. We are appalled. Yeah, people, you also protest too much. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> little bit. It's not a simple topic. It really is not. And if it was just adults, I don't think we'd be having any argument whatsoever because I think you and I are in agreement that once, even though I think it's a very arbitrary and stupid number and a lot of people would still regret it if you're 18 or older. Uh, uh, yeah, you, my 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 position on this is is pretty simple regardless of what I personally think about your decision. Once you're an adult, it's your decision. And right. what I say and what I believe should not mean anything at all. Uh, we're talking about people who have not quite reached the point where they have to be responsible for their own decisions. And I think we're going to see a lot of people coming up who are very much going to start regretting decisions made by their parents or their or their teachers union or well, yes. people who don't have their best interests in mind. There was a interview. I don't remember where it was with a female who had gone through everything except any kind of surgery. So for years lived as trans and talked about why she got into it. And she said it was a lot of the media and what is on social media. Everything is crazy. And we may have even talked about this because one of the things was, Oh, if you hear your voice recorded, 
and you don't like the way that sounds or you you know it, well you might be trans so oh, i think you I even trans? made the, you know you made the joke i think when we talked about that <laughs> you're like well i don't like my voice so maybe I don't like my voice so they, do they have you, hormones that give me a voice like larry yeah well see that you're like i'm all in on the hormones baby <laughs> give me the larry hormones so i could just whoop my balls will be flapping on the ground i'll tell you it'd be right that get that voice nice oh, and way low. ahead of you there okay well there you well, that's what the cats are for they they're kind of a cushion <laughs> so you don't have to get all the way to the ground punching bag the concept that you don't like your voice or you don't like the way you look or that you're too gangly or whatever all of these things are well did you consider maybe maybe you're trans it's like that should not be the first thing to come to mind and there's just so much of this in the media one you're right we now have medical treatments that we didn't have before and we probably have a little bit of a greater understanding when it comes to things being diagnosed but the reality is you cannot ignore an explosion in the numbers of people that are claiming to be something that they were not 10 20 years ago so there has to be some kind of influence that is on that and it is very much explained in the people that go through it and are then not happy with it because there's a lot of unhappy people and they're looking for an answer and they will believe you. This is the easiest time to be a charlatan when people are unhappy to come in and go, Hey, you're not happy. Let's, let's do some sure. trans surgery. And that'll fix everything. Drink this bottle. I sell happiness by the pint, right? This is exactly it. And I think kids are way too susceptible to this kind of thing. And it's just unfortunate that there's no way to go back. There's no way to put the genie back in the bottle. Once you hit puberty, you hit puberty. Your body's not going to change in the way that you want it to. And that is a tragedy for the percentage of people that it happens to. And they're not happy with that. But you, again, have to go along with the majority. I, I wonder, would people, would their happiness mean that much to them? where they would fuck over 90% and be like, well, we have to do it for the children. So the 10% can be happy. Fuck the other 90. I think the answer is yes. There are absolutely people who would do that. They're selfish. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, unfortunately why this is an issue. That's uh, not going to have an easy solution. I don't think it's going to be uh, within our lifetimes anyway, that I'm sure the medical technology will continue to improve or who knows i mean I'm, I'm not saying this is a fad because there are people that have always had issues but who knows what the next thing is we can all be you know we can turn ourselves into giraffes there'll be something you can do anything you want because there's a lot of kids i i can even unmute myself could you do you have no, the technology I, I, I just phone boyd no Sorry. Well, well that'll happen but we are a value for value show so we've either given a lot of value right now or we've pissed a lot of people off. doesn't matter, really. Either way, I, it's, it's I the feel same like, show. I feel like I can accomplish both with the same sentence. Probably. Um, coming in as our number one donor today was just a live boostogram once the show started from Billy Bones, who came in with 46,664 Satoshis, which is like 865, if my math is correct. And that's our number one donor at, for the at day. At today's Bitcoin prices? Yeah. Well, they're... <laughs> The Bitcoin's not horrible. Some of the other ones are crashing Bitcoin 
isn't horrible. Uh, Brian Hall coming in with his monthly $2.93 via the PayPal. But we did get a couple of weeks ago. I just noticed today the message from our buddy, um, sir, dude named Bananimous, that uh, he came in with some Bitcoin a couple of weeks ago. You were talking about your phone on the one episode. He said, hey, Sir Bemrose, sorry to hear about your Galaxy Android phone issues. I decided to de-Google my life a few years ago by getting a cheap Motorola phone, enabling the dev tools and voiding the warranty so I could install Lineage OS on it. I'd rooted older Android phones before, so I was comfortable doing that, but a new OS was an entirely different undertaking. Nonetheless, it was the best thing I've ever done with a phone. Lineage OS is a simple stock install of the open source android package with all the google code removed you don't have to go through any of the setup questions which i mean that's where you had your fun uh, just a few account creation prompts that take you to a normal android phone layout with just the basic features installed you can't access the google play store yay but the f droid has all the apps you need to install if you really need to get to the Google Play Store, for example, to install a podcasting 2.0 app like Fountain that is only available there. Okay, Fountain Guys, get on. Uh, okay, Fountain Guys, get on F-Droid. That's our answer. The Aurora Store can create a temporary bridge to authenticate you to that repository without prompting you for your Gmail credentials. And of course, it's available via F-Droid. I have no idea how Lineage OS differs from Graphene OS, except that Lineage packages are available for an astonishingly wide variety of phones, not just the pixels. Uh, but because I've been overboard on the grumpy old Benz podcast for a long time, I'm tossing you some Bitcoin. So I won't feel like such a douchebag. Well, the information de douchebagged you yeah, the, more than the information was, that was a donation on, on its own. Yes. People should play with their phones, root them, have fun, take Google off. And if you brick it, don't complain to me, just learn more <laughs> because that could definitely that could definitely happen. Had some other boostograms here. Servo boosting from Crontab. I like that he boosts from Crontab. NetNed says, I'm no doctor, but chopping penises off doesn't sound healthy. Well, you are not a doctor. It depends on where on your body they're growing, I think. True. Go to medical school and then you'll know for sure. <laughs> and any millennial says, cut off your tits to spite your gender. You know, I'm thinking about having that procedure done. Well, that's, you could just go for a walk. <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds way more difficult than just asking for surgery well this is the world we live in right it's like well <laughs> why why would i want to get healthy can you just yeah. can you just do something so I'm why healthy? exercise why exercise when you can just pay a doctor to go in and clip your stomach or something right you get the <laughs> I, right medical sorry, that, procedure that, that'll piss off a whole different set of listeners i let, I, let me just back off of that no piss them off i mean and, and i don't know if did you want to read uh csb I mean, he nope, was sure nope. you were going to read it. Nope. I read it. I, I read the ad last week and I still have the taste in my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't an ad. He was mad that we missed it on another show. It's like boostograms are not guaranteed to get read. And, and besides the, you, you and CSB, the, you had a, he hates a conversation me. about this that has some context in it. I, I'm going to leave this entirely to you. He's going, he, he jumped off of the planet rage bandwagon because he thinks more people listen to grumpy old Ben's that would like his doodling or something like that. And because, you know, the boostograms will get read. I'm like, Bemrose doesn't even like to read boostograms. As Bemrose was concerned, we'd never read a boostogram on the show at all. But CSB doesn't understand that. Well, I, I know it's an unpopular opinion amongst this particular community, but um, the, 
The real problem I have is when your show is constantly being interrupted by live audio alerts of some kind. And the alerts themselves are distracting enough, but when it causes the hosts to lose their place because they have to comment on it, 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 it's not how I want to listen to podcasts. And that's but, why we you know. don't have the, the little audio jingy on. Cause yeah, we're, we're easy enough to, uh, I am so distract. easy to distract just from the troll room. <laughs> so yeah, having, having noises, for example, net net asking if I will keep my tits in a jar after I have them cut off. Probably. I mean, it would be and a I don't really big have an jar. answer. I don't have an answer for that. It might be more of like a, a flower pot. And all I will say is, uh, we do have episode 200 coming up CSB. So if you really want an ad read, a $200 donation would be the best way to go about that for episode number 200. But uh, he says, howdy, Darren and Ryan. He's, he's from uh, the far South. I think he's in Austin now. Please invite your audience to visit AI.cooking in web browser. Uh, what is a web browser? Or in web browser podcast app to listen to silky voice of Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from Kent. I think he may have gone uh, trans. I'm not sure if he was always a silky voiced Gregory or that might have been post-op. I'm not I hear they have hormones for that. They do in uh, jibber jabbering about artificial intelligence news and skills and stay safe with L a lawn. Yo, I don't know. I mean, I, I would rather stay safe with Jesus than Elon. I think. I have more faith in Jesus than Elon. I would rather stay dangerous. Well, that's always going to happen. A, I'm not a safe person. No, you shouldn't be. You should not be. What 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 good has being safe gotten you? Nothing. Um, it got me a podcast. You never get a good story on, hey, watch how safe this is. <laughs> yeah. None of the good stories start with, well, I was all buckled into my seatbelt. And, and, yeah. Remember the time Bemlet flew through the windshield of the car? You know, this one time I was driving in my car alone with a face mask on. and Oh, that was the I story. Do. And then I passed out because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't fucking breathe. Well, then that's not safe, is it? No, no, it is not. That is dangerous right there. Um, but we encourage did you, you to take did part you in the value, value Luna? model. Did I, what? Did you spot the boost from M. Luna? No, I did not. I didn't see one from M. Luna. I do uh, not have one from M. Luna. Who I'm, is I'm M. just Luna? going down the list, trying to, you know, reiterate all the ones you already read because I don't listen to you. But uh, 100 sats on Monday from M. Luna, a boost for Grumpy Old Benz. Oh, well, see, on Monday, this is another thing. If it's not during the show, I'm going to miss it on the show. I have the absolute worst filtering available for a, a pod node because it's just a PowerShell script I wrote. How am That's I good. seeing these and you're not? I don't know because it's in mine's even worse. It's in Telegram. Although I know the Satoshi's.stream guy said they're very close to having a web based interface. So I'm hoping this will be much easier to just go in, open up a web page, and see only the boost from that particular podcast. This is also the problem. I get boost from Grumpy Old Benz. I got a boost during the show for Planet Rage from Jarhead. I get boost for the rock and roll pre-show. I get boost for unrelenting. Granted, there's very few because everybody hates Gene, but I get a lot of boostograms. And what, you know, everybody, every other podcaster on the network uses the, um, what, what's the, the web-based one that Dave Jones wrote that it shows, it has the beautiful graphical interface for every, uh, helipad. Thank you, Servo. Um, 
Everybody, every other podcaster on the network uses Helipad and you're sitting here using Telegram and I'm using PowerShell. Why do we have to do things difficult way? I didn't know you could. What, what's Helipad? I've never used Helipad. I guess it, I have to look a, into Helipad. It's well, I, I think you might have to run your own. Node oh, fuck it. that. That's crazy. I have to buy a new pie. Are you kidding me? You're going to be running your own node before the end of the year anyway. I know. I should just put it into a virtual machine on one of the NAS devices. That That's kind of what I it's not, it's not actually what I did. I put it into a machine that I had sitting on the, on the shelf that I just plugged in. It, you know, it doesn't even have a monitor or anything. It's just a, a beige box with a, a full-size motherboard and an SSD and a, a CPU that is six years old. And I just threw Linux on it. And Sounds pretty fancy to me. It's kind of the same as a virtual machine. It's got about that much power, too. It's almost <laughs> virtual. But we highly recommend everybody takes part in this whole little experiment. Go to grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. There's plenty of ways to get some value back to us. And again, we are, this is episode 198, which means in two weeks, we are going to be at episode 200. So October 26th, I would guess that would be two weeks from today, episode 200. I do get a lot of booster grams, Scott and Jen. I get boosted all the time. You go downtown into Chicago, you're going to get boosted too, but there's no. (laughs) (laughs) Just drive on the Dan Ryan. You'll get boosted. Amen to that. It's a lot less fun. Let me tell you. But, uh, and then the boost bot, where's the fucking boost bot? That's a guy set this thing up. What's his name? Um, Probably, probably didn't update their node for the big uh, lightning node crap out that happened a few days ago. If you want to know about that, go listen to the latest episode of Angry Tech News. Yeah, it's been up. It's been down. It's been all around. But I like the boost box because then you can see directly into the troll room or on No Agenda Social when the boosts come in. And that way people get a little warm, fuzzy feeling because they know the boost came in. But uh, it'll get fixed. All this stuff will work one day, long after this podcast is done, most likely. (laughs) One day. Everything will be better someday. According to Servo, there was C-Dubs didn't update, but doesn't have a stable connection for BooSpot in the troll room yet. Run my own node. Send me a new pie to run it on Servo. Come on. I'm a poor <laughs> podcaster. I just had a root canal, too. And I probably have to go back and have them shave the thing. So I stop biting my so, Some people might even say that podcasting with you is like a root canal. It could be. It could be way more uh, painful, I think. But that's why everybody tunes in. They enjoy this. They enjoy a little grumpy on the Wednesday little rage on the monday and then nobody enjoys gene on friday don't tell him i i think he's he's the one who told you i think he's aware that's true <laughs> that is true with all that said i think that's uh pretty much a show i mean plus uh, two hours well well over two hours today yeah i talk for i talk too much has anyone mentioned that no i've heard that once or twice but not today everybody knows you talk too much this is true it is the thing is I get really exhausted and stop talking and you're like, just continue your three and a half hour marathons all the time. Hey, that's the fun. That's the fun of podcasting. You never have to stop. You can just keep on going with that said, we're going to stop. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where it's been two hours since I've bitten the side of my mouth and I feel okay. And from America's left coast, where I am affirming my own gender, I'm Ryan Bermos. But what is it? We may never know.
Mio! 